It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Washington football team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And we welcome you to a new episode of the Locked On Washington football team podcast and a new week as well. I'm Chris Russell flying solo on this first edition of the week. My new co-host, David Harrison, is on special assignment. Uh, he is also, just for full disclosure, the co-host of the full Locked on Bucks podcast, and they're celebrating a Super Bowl championship. So make sure you give those guys, him and James Yarko, a listen on the Locked on Bucks podcast as well. Uh, David will be back with us on the next episode of the Locked On Washington football team podcast as we record this late Sunday night into Monday morning uh, after Super Bowl 55. We will have plenty of reaction to, of course, that as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers again are the Super Bowl champions. They demolish the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, we'll also talk about the growing drumbeat of the Sam Darnold rumors to multiple teams and to the Washington football team, plus Mock Draft Monday. All to come right here on this episode of the Locked on Washington football team podcast. Hope you guys had a good weekend. Uh, Hope you had a better weekend than Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and the Kansas City Chiefs. They get absolutely destroyed in Super Bowl 55 down in Tampa. So the Buccaneers become... The first team to play a Super Bowl in their home stadium and, of course, then the first team to win a Super Bowl in their home stadium. And listen, it would have never been a typical home field advantage, right, playing the Super Bowl even in your home stadium. It was even less of one being that there was only 25,000 or so fans there and the NFL brought in, you know, corporate guests and frontline workers. Not everybody guaranteed... To be a Buccaneers fan, guessing maybe half were, I don't know. It's really a dumb guess. There's no way to really know. It did not seem like there was some tremendous home field advantage. Instead, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers just absolutely squashed the Kansas City Chiefs like a grape. And it's weird because the Chiefs start off with a 3 nothing lead. You know, one of the things that I talked about last week Uh, Not as much here on this podcast because we had so much Washington football news that we just barely had enough time in the half an hour or so that were allotted uh, per day, David and I, uh, to get it all in. But really on my daily radio show on 980 The Team, or The Team 980, I should say, uh, in Washington, D.C., which, by the way, every Monday through Friday from 3 to 7, and I'll have a new co-host this week on that particular show Uh, My buddy Pete Medhurst, the voice of Navy football and athletics. Uh, So uh, new co-host on this podcast, David Harrison. Again, he'll be back on the next episode. New co-host on the radio side. Uh, It is Pete Medhurst from 3 to 7 on the Team 980 in Washington, D.C. and Radio.com, wherever 
So back to the Super Bowl. The Chiefs start off with a 3-0 lead, right? Um, both teams are kind of sluggish out of the gates. Uh, you know, it, it was kind of a feeling out process. Uh, and, you know, as a matter of fact, the Chiefs come out on their first drive uh, and run six plays, get 16 yards because they convert on a first down on a third and seven Mahomes scramble to the left, but then have to immediately give it up on a punt because pass, pass, pass. They just refuse to run the ball. Uh, the Buccaneers punted on their first two series, a three-play drive, which netted four yards, a four-play drive, which netted nine yards, uh, and did get one first down, but ended ultimately in a punt. So the Buccaneers punt on the first two drives, the Chiefs on the first drive, and then they get a field goal on their second drive. But the Buccaneers have a third possession in the first quarter, and it began at the 25-yard line of Tampa Bay uh, after a touchback, and they roll off an eight-play, 70-yard drive in which they pick up six first downs, and they get a cross-play action fake uh, to Rob Gronkowski for the touchdown, where he runs in motion from right to left, kind of almost in a jet sweep type of motion, but they run play action from the left, or the running back is to the left of Tom Brady, who's back in gun. They run a little play action, so they get the eyes going one way, and Gronkowski sweeps from right to left, and he's wide open in the flat, and Tom Brady hits him for the opening touchdown. So right away, Tampa is able to counterpunch from Kansas City's field goal and taking the 3-0 lead after, again, Tampa's first two possessions end in punt. Tampa's finally able to uh, score before the end of the first quarter. So it was 7-3 to uh, at that particular point heading into the second quarter. And the one thing that I would say about that is if you want to look at how to call a drive, if you want to look at how to execute a drive, that's it. Send that to the Hall of Fame. That eight-play, 75-yard drive could not have been called any better, could not have been executed any better. You had Leonard Fournette running all over the place. I think he ran the first three drives, uh, the first three plays, if you will, uh, of that series and grinded out a first down. And then they got the passing game going off of that, where Brady hits uh, Antonio Brown for a 16-yarder. Then Cameron Brait on like kind of a backside screen almost for 15 yards. Uh, Leonard Fournette then bounces off of a couple of uh, tacklers for a 13-yard gain. Again, that's after the three straight runs to open it up, including third and one in which they get the first down. And then that ultimately leads uh, to Gronkowski with the touchdown. Again, Byron Leftwich from Washington, D.C., Byron Leftwich, who should be a head coach, who almost surely will be a head coach, not this upcoming year, but next year, along with Eric Bieniemy. For some reason, until now, people didn't talk about uh, Byron Leftwich, but they always talked about they always talked about Eric Bieniemy. Now, I, listen, I, I know Tampa threw a ton of interceptions last year with Jameis Winston. They also had a quarterback that almost threw for 5,000 yards. Winston was bad in terms of the turnovers, but he was great in terms of ultimate production. And that was without Gronkowski. 
that was without Antonio Brown. And obviously they upgrade at quarterback and get Tom Brady and cut way, 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 way down on the turnovers. And that was a big factor in this game tonight or Sunday night, I should say. Tom Brady, who threw three interceptions at Green Bay and should have really thrown a fourth, 21 of 29, only 201 passing yards. They didn't need to throw that much. Extremely efficient. Three touchdowns, no picks, a 125-8 rating. He was just getting rocking and rolling with that eight-yard touchdown pass to Gronkowski. Because on the next drive that Tampa has, they're able to march the field, uh, march the ball all the way down the field, right? Nine plays, 54 yards. They get 15 yards because of a personal foul penalty. I think that was on Tyron Matthew, but I would have to double check. And then they get all the way down to the Kansas City one. And here's the only thing that you could squabble with when it comes to Byron Leftwich. On second and goal from the one, they dial up a play that winds up being what should have been an easy touchdown catch to Joe Haig, a backup offensive lineman. He has it in his hands, but he kind of bobbles it a little bit and it gets swatted away. So you think, okay, it almost worked, it should have worked, it didn't work. But then on third and goal from the one, and then on fourth and goal from the one, they run Ronald Jones both times. No Leonard Fournette. So on second and goal from the one, on third and goal from the one, fourth and goal from the one, not once do they go to Leonard Fournette, Michael Evans, Robin, uh, my, yeah, Mike Evans, uh, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, Leonard Fournette, I, I think I mentioned him, Scotty Miller, none. They don't squeak, they don't sneak it. It was weird. So, you know, they ultimately turn it over on downs and put Kansas City at the one yard line. And Kansas City takes over uh, at the one. Like they start to kind of push a little bit out. They run four offensive plays. They get one first down, so they get a little bit of breathing room. But then they've got a punt from the Kansas City 9, right? So stay with me here. This is kind of a, a, a secret turning point of the game. They punt, I believe it was 56 yards or so, from the Kansas City 9. Tampa catches it at their 30 and runs it to their 33. Just a short little game. So they're getting set to take over possession at their 33. The problem is there's a holding penalty on Kansas City. So that backs and and Arians declines it. So they've got to punt again. So then Kansas City punts again from a little bit deeper, right? And they shank it. Tampa gets the ball at the Kansas City 38-yard line instead of instead of at the Tampa 33. So that's a difference of about 29 yards. It was a 29-yard punt, and that's a difference of about 29 yards after the re-kick. And then they score a touchdown on that particular drive. Six plays, 28 yards, 10 because of penalty, and that's what brings us to a controversial play against Mike Evans on third down West number 35, the 
defensive back. Uh, to me, I think he was holding, he was grabbing, he was clutching. Was it ticky-tack? Yeah, probably, sure. Everyone going bonkers. I thought it was okay. I thought it was a f- okay call. I, 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 I can understand why they could have let it go. I can understand why they didn't let it go. But that right there negates an interception that wound up bouncing off the uh, off of somebody and into the hands of Tyron Matthew, and that gets negated. Then moments later, they try and kick a field goal, does Tampa. They don't convert on third down. They try and kick a field goal, and they make it, but Kansas City is ruled off sides. So they get another penalty. They get a first down because of it. They take the field goal off the boards, And then they find Gronkowski again. I think it was the next play or two plays later. And bing, bang, boom. And all of a sudden, you go from a turnover potentially to a field goal at worst to a touchdown because you commit a couple of penalties. Now, listen, again, were they true penalties? Subject to interpretation. The one offsides, I didn't see it. They showed a good angle of it. I didn't see them jump. Uh, but maybe I missed it. But Gronkowski winds up catching a 17-yard touchdown pass, and it's 14-3 instead of 10-3. So at that point, that four-point four difference is huge. But that kind of like opened the floodgates. Now, Kansas City did come back with a field goal, make it 14-6, but then right before the half, there were two plays, uh, one on a long pass, former Washington football corner, Bashad Breeland, gets kind of tangled up a little bit with the receiver, but really he makes contact with his, it looked like his calf or his foot as they were kind of stumbling. And I thought it was a very, 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 very shaky call on Bashad. They call it defensive pass interference. And then on the second to last play of the first half, They call defensive pass interference on Tyron Matthew in the back of the end zone on a incomplete and a ball that was simply uncatchable. So you have the Breland penalty, which I thought was a way worse call. The holding that we were talking about that extended the drive. So then you have a... That uh, at at that at that point, then you have you have Kansas City taking a second timeout on a second and ten completion by Tampa. So they're trying. Kansas City is trying to milk save time. They take a timeout after Leonard Fournette's no gain run with forty nine seconds left. Then they take a second timeout at 44 seconds left. They're thinking, hey, we can force three and out. We might be able to get the ball back again. And instead, on third and two, they give up a short little completion of Gronkowski. And then on first down, Tom goes uh, up the left sideline, deep to Evans, and Breland again gets tangled up. And again, I thought it was a ticky-tack call. I don't think it should have been defensive pass interference, in my opinion, and it was for 34 yards. So that obviously not only gives them a new first down, but it also gives them 34 yards and all of a sudden they're at the Kansas City uh, 24 yard line then both teams kind of use timeouts after a 15 yard little dump off to Leonard Fournette uh, down inside the Kansas City 10 right so now we're at 13 seconds left and again Matthew on the on the pass over the deep middle 
back part of the end zone, way high. Evans could have never caught it. They called defensive pass interference. It's not supposed to be DPI unless it's catchable. There's no chance that it was catchable. And then Tampa comes in. They bring in Haig, who, again, they tried to target in the end zone on the previous drive, and they almost had. And then Tom Brady throws a tight window touchdown to Antonio Brown. And Matthew starts jawing at Brady, and he takes a 15-yard penalty. Now, not, a, not that big of a deal. It was the end of the first half. But Kansas City extended the drive by calling timeouts and then extended extended the drive by taking penalties that I thought the penalties were very, 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 very ticky-tack, quite honestly. All right, so that is, you know, the meat of – that is the first half. Uh, we will get to the second half next because I've gone way, 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 way too long here on the Locked On Washington football team podcast. We will do that next with you uh, in for, well, I'm Chris Russell. I'm, I'm here. I'm usually always here. David Harrison is not here with us because he is on special assignment as uh, again, as we told you, he's also still and will remain the co-host of the Locked on Bucks podcast, and they won the Super Bowl on Sunday night. So David will be back with us on the next episode, uh, but nevertheless, I'm Chris Russell as we rewind on Super Bowl 55 and Tom Brady's seventh Super Bowl, Bruce Arians' first Super Bowl championship. So congratulations to all those guys, and congratulations uh, to a couple of buddies of mine, Michael Pahanic, the uh, director of PR uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, we worked together uh, with Washington early uh, in the decade. Uh, good dude. I like Michael, uh, so I'm very happy for him as well. Brad Berlin, the Buccaneers head equipment manager. Again, we worked together for a couple of years uh, with the Washington Reds skins uh so so happy for brad and antoine randall l of course this is not his first super bowl win super bowl 40 the only super bowl i was at uh Andal, antoine randall l with the pittsburgh steelers remember he had that trick play touchdown throw and also then signed with the washington redskins i got to work little digital tv with him for redskins tv uh, back in 2012 i believe it was the division championship year with robert uh and uh yeah, Antoine's like an assistant wide receivers coach or something like that, or offensive quality control. I can't remember exactly with Bruce Arians as he decided to get into coaching. So great for him uh, as he wins a Super Bowl in his first year. So congratulations uh, to all of those guys. So happy. Uh, Todd Bowles, who I don't know as well, but Todd Bowles obviously has got some ties here. And think about this. Doug Williams tried to bring Todd Bowles back here to Washington two years ago. He instead chose Bruce Arians in Tampa Bay, rightfully so. Uh, and part of it was because, you know, the Washington Redskins are are and were a mess, and he didn't trust that Jay Gruden was going to stay around, and he was right. He was absolutely right. But he, I guess he could have become the interim head coach, I guess. Um, so we, you know, who knows? Maybe they would have stuck with him. I don't know. All right. I'm Chris Russell. Uh, we will uh, finally wrap up this extra long first segment. Come on back for a quick recap of the second half. Get into Sam Darnold uh, and Mock Draft Monday as well, right here on the Locked On Washington Football Team podcast. Good to have you with us. All right, guys. I'm Chris Russell for betonline.ag. That's it. The NFL season is over. What to do now? Oh, man. College hoops, NHL, NBA, baseball futures. What do you think? 
or you can start getting into some NFL futures because we don't have any more football games to bet on. But I will tell you this, I kind of went out in style. I had the Buccaneers on the money line. I had a small wager on Tom Brady winning the MVP. And I parlayed the under, which I hit on, and Leonard, 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 Lenny Fournette, Leonard Fournette, playoff Lenny, with over 25 receiving yards and both legs of my first ever parlay hit. So I was right on target. I did miss on Jason Pierre-Paul having a sack. So, you know, you take one uh, from time to time. Uh, but I did hit on all of those other uh, bets. And you can too. Don't sit in on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code Locked On that we tell you about all the time when you sign up for your free account at betonline.ag. And if you use the promo code Locked On, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus, just like I did, just like David did, with your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, just a quick recap of the second half here because it really was one-sided from that point. Uh, but we'll take you through nonetheless as quickly as we possibly can. So again, it was now 21-6 to at the half. Kansas City starts to move the football a little bit, but then they bog down and they get a Harrison Butker uh, 52-yard field goal to cap off a seven-play 47-yard drive. And it's 21-9, to and you're thinking, all right, well, Mahomes... Uh, only down at this point by 12, that's nothing, right? He'll wake up at some point, but never really got the chance because on the very next drive, uh, Leonard Fournette and the Bucks go right down the field and he bounces off of a couple of tackles, hurdles over one and ultimately scores on a 27-yard touchdown run and that capped off a six-play 74-yard drive, little mix and match again, over three minutes and 41 seconds and all of a sudden, you know, a manageable deficit goes to 28 to 9. And quite honestly, that was really it. There was no scoring in the fourth quarter. There was only one more field goal the rest of the game for either side. Ryan suck up a 52 yard field goal uh, off of a turnover to make a 31 9. And that was the final score. Patrick Mahomes finished 26 of 49, 270. Guys, he didn't get over 100 yards passing until the end of the third quarter. Uh, he was not good. I don't know how anybody could say he was. Uh, there are people out there that are making the argument that it was not his fault. I'm not saying it's his fault, uh, but he wasn't good. Two interceptions, no touchdowns. He was harassed all night. Sure, the offense. Uh, that's why I picked the Bucks. I mean, I, honestly, that's why I picked the Bucks because I knew their offensive line would be crappy uh, and beat up and banged up. And Tampa's front seven, I thought, would dominate. And Devin White was unbelievable. Uh, and so is Shaq Barrett. Tremendous. Shaq Barrett, by the way, a free agent. I don't think he's a fit here, but I mean, I guess any team could use him and find a way. Uh, but I'll leave that for somebody else. Maybe David and I will kind of kick that around uh, this week. 
uh, here's what I know. Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown are free agents. The Bucks have a lot of free agents and Leonard Fournette and Rob Gronkowski, just to name a few. So the Bucks win 31 to 9. Gronkowski finishes with two touchdowns, six receptions, 67 yards. That led the way. They kind of spread it out. Leonard Fournette, 89 yards on the ground, including that 27-yard touchdown on only 16 carries. Ronald Jones, 12 uh, for 61. Plenty of rushing yards. You don't have to run for a buck 75 or two bills to be effective. Anybody that watched that game understood anyone who watched that game understood the value of the running game and Romo pointed it out consistently which is good for him uh, as I mean anybody that doesn't think running the football is important is a dum-dum is a complete dum-dum and is completely blinded by a bunch of geeky mathematicians just a complete dum-dum uh, it is not the way you win football games or championships Period. Devin White, we mentioned him, 12 tackles and an interception. 12. And Indomitian Sue had one and a half sacks. Barrett only had one sack, but he was in on a bunch. Jason Pierre-Paul almost had a sack, but only finished with three tackles. Antoine Winfield with an interception uh, off of a um, deflection. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the Super Bowl champions. And, of course, it goes without saying that a lot of Washington football fans are kind of happy this was an opportunity to kind of brag and say, you know what? We were damn close. You know, it's something that I'm really interested in kind of debating with David when he comes back. Did the Buccaneers get the closest challenge from the Washington football team. And what does that say about the Washington football team? You know, I, I've, I saw some debates about this on Twitter. Uh, some people saying, oh, the Green Bay NFC Championship game uh, was. I think Washington gave them a hell of a run for their money. Um, I only think the Green Bay game was close because Brady turned the ball over, not because Green Bay was good. Uh, but my buddy Disco on Twitter, at Disco... Q-U-E-5 said, if you're celebrating the fact that the, that the WFT only lost to the Bucks by eight, you're a loser. Sorry, but knock it off. Yes, there's a lot to be positive about, but we lost. We've been losing for so long. Some of you can gave convinced yourselves that it's okay. It's a strong opinion. I mean, I don't share exactly that philosophy and that thought process, but I understand where Disco is coming from. Understand where Disco is coming from. By the way, if you want to tweet me, it's at Russellmania621. If you want to tweet David, uh, you can do so at dharrison82. So there you have that. If you want to tweet the pod, it's at LockedWFTPod. And again, David is at dharrison82. And I am at russellmania six. All right, so, or you can send us an email. You can email russellmania09 at gmail.com, russellmania09 at gmail.com. All right, so you have that. Then you have this, and we'll get more into this with David when he returns and we're not fresh off the football game uh, because obviously I spent a lot of time on the game itself. Sam Darnold 
the rumors are starting to pick up. We don't know if the Jets are going to trade him yet. They have the number two overall pick. There's a lot of rumors and a lot of conjecture that they're going to draft a quarterback. Listen, Sam Darnold definitely did not benefit from being with Adam Gase. Uh, Sam Darnold also missed games over the last two years because of an AC shoulder joint sprain and also because of mono. You know, so before you go all gaga over Washington going and acquiring Sam Darnold, first of all, he was not as good coming out of USC as people think he was. Secondly, this is why you don't just do anything and everything to get a quarterback. We brought this up last week, I think, on the radio, uh, but maybe here. Uh, they traded a bunch of good picks to Indianapolis to move up from 6-3, to three, and one of them wound up to be Quentin Nelson, the outstanding guard. Now, people say you never, ever, ever bypass a quarterback for a guard. Right, I understand that, but Quentin Nelson's a better player than Sam Darnold. And now, three years later, the Jets are trying to get rid of Sam Darnold? I don't know if Washington is going to go hard here. I know they're interested. I could see them trading their first-round pick and saying, look, you know, if we get a veteran quarterback with two years of control and somebody that we like and somebody who we think can we can make better, I see that. I get that. I wouldn't love it, but I understand if it's the 19th overall pick for Sam Darnold, I understand that's probably a deal you have to make with two years of control. I would not want an immediate extension, I can tell you that much. Uh, and I would also tell you this, that I wouldn't think that Sam Darnold solves the quarterback situation long term. You can hope that he does, but I would not feel like absolutely this position is settled. I would not feel that way. All right, so we'll have more with David on this debate because all the rumors are starting to generate. Schefter had uh, Ian Rappaport and the NFL Network guys, Mike Garofolo had uh, that you know Washington could be involved here. I've heard that uh, they are certainly interested. How interested? I don't know. I, I mean, I'd prefer them not to trade the number 19 overall pick. Maybe they can get away with a cheaper deal for Donald if the Jets decide to part ways. I'm sure the Jets are still making that decision up as we speak. All right. Also, we'll wrap up the show with a fresh mock draft because, because it's Mock Draft Monday. That's next, right here on the Locked On Washington Football Team Podcast. Good to have you with us. I'm Chris Russell for our friends at Built Bar. Oh, yeah, that's right. The Built Bar sample box came in the mail, but I'm not allowed to tell you about it until we get the word that we're allowed to tell you about it. So for right now, I'm going to tell you it's waiting for me exciting new tastes and flavors but you and me right now we can talk about the 18 amazing flavors including non-nut flavors and nut flavors caramel brownie cookies and cream carrot cake if you like that kind of flavor 12 original flavors including peanut butter mint brownie double chocolate peanut butter brownie mm. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew, and they're great for you if you're on a diet, which I need to get back on mine, and uh, if you are the health-conscious kind of guy, which I need to be. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for any kind of diet. So Built Bar has a 
great deal for you. When you use the promo code locked on, you'll get 20% off your next order. Use the promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com and you can get a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. Use the promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, guys. Don't forget to check out Locked On Today with my pal Peter Bukowski. Absolutely giving you more of the sports news you need in less time with Locked On Today. Uh, you got Book. He's breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Starting your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. All right. And also, don't forget, coming up, Super Bowl recap. That's right. The Locked On Podcast Network has your Super Bowl recap covered from every angle. After this podcast, you should listen to Locked On Today for the biggest storylines, Peacock and Williamson for the X's and O's, and checked out, check out Locked On Chiefs and Locked On Bucks, again with David Harrison and James Yarko, uh, for in-depth local expertise. So we have you covered. All right, let's wrap it up. Mock Draft Monday. Uh, as we say goodbye here on the Locked on Washington football team podcast, we have uh, a fresh new mock draft from Kyle Krabs. Uh, and Kyle Krabs is all over the NFL draft. He's got his 5.0 uh, up right now, uh, does Kyle, at, again, the draftnetwork.com. And who does he have for the Washington football team? He has... A trade. He has the Washington football team trading up to number seven and taking Trey Lance, the quarterback from North Dakota State. In the trade, Detroit, which doesn't need a quarterback right now, receives the number 19 overall pick, the number 51 overall pick, the number 114 overall pick, and next year's first rounder. Let me tell you something. That is way too much, way too much to move up for a complete unknown or unproven. I, Trey Lance is a great athlete, got it, strong arm, mobile. He played one game this year. He wasn't even that good. I, I can't do that. I, I can't do that. Here's what Kyle says. Washington was a team active in the market uh, for Matt Stafford, but ultimately fell short. Team with Lance gets a player whose skills get more closely mirrors the skills that Ron Rivera had so much success with in Carolina in terms of Cam Newton. Given just how aggressive Washington was in the pursuit of Stafford, we're willing to bet uh, a big price is met to secure this leap for 2021's quarterback four. 
with Denver and San Francisco behind them. So uh, that's an interesting one. That's too much for me. Uh, I don't like Trey Lance that much, to be honest with you, to move up from 19 to 7. Uh, but we will debate that as we go through. All right, that is going to do it for us here on the Locked on Washington football team podcast. Thanks for being with us. A little bit long, uh, longer than we'd like to be, but you get the point. Um, David will be back with us on the next episode and for the rest of the week. I'm Chris Russell. Thanks to our sponsors, Built Bar. Uh, and also thanks to betonline.ag and thanks to you guys for listening, downloading and supporting the Locked On Podcast Network and the Locked On Washington Football Team Podcast. Adios. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.